I'm Arnold van Buren and I'm joined by a range of professionals who will be sharing their experience within the eSport world along with strategies and tips to progress your own career in gaming. With over 20 years of experience including game development and live streaming, gaming land centers and organizing tournaments, we are now launching this series in order to help those of you with a passion for gaming become professional in the eSport world. Hey Pierre, welcome to uh, our eSports series. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. All doing well until, well, we're still in lockdown. So yeah, I'm all fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Pierre, I know you, uh, you, you are the managing director of, um, of Gap. And um, this, this, well, from my side, I know we, we had a discussion before and we know all what you do. But let's say let, before we're going to go all the way in the deep uh, within the esport world and why your passion, etc. Tell me a little bit more about yourself and, of course, about Gap. Cool. So I have personally been in the esports scene around five years. I've been working in it like professionally for about three um, I started back in the day helping my friend create a Overwatch team um, and he had dreams of going pro so we created an Overwatch team together and that's how I kind of got into the scene and from there I moved into developing Project Gap which is a grassroots tournament organiser and production house um, so majoritarily what we do is we organise events for players at the grassroots level so that's essentially players that are not able to compete at that professional level yet and our mission is essentially to provide them with a platform where they can experience the thrill of professional events and professional catering for them um, and also have some fun and grow as players themselves. So that's what we strive to do to support the industry essentially from the bottom. How fantastic. And and I know that we're, before we're going to go deeper in Gap, I just uh, your, your passion within the eSport, you mentioned five years. And I know there's a little bit of an, of an age gap between you and me, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, with so what what games are you playing at the moment um so i personally currently play a little bit of call of duty and a little bit of valorant um i haven't played the new cod i played a little bit the old one um I, I don't have the time to play games anymore unfortunately i used to be really big into rainbow six siege although i was terrible at it <laughs> but yeah a lot of valorant yeah i, I know of, of, of valorant well f let's say this way my generation we're talking about world of warcraft or something like that just you know that's a uh... good game i haven't played much of it but it's still a good game <laughs> yeah well i i have to say that it's it's you know like game game wise i'm i i haven't played since 2007 no sorry 2008 so for, I, i'm out for a long time so um but it's yeah it, the thing is that there's still passion and uh, same, same, same as with you <laughs> i can see it um, so when we when we let's say i know well you're the managing director um of 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 gap what is well let's say manager director if, if people let's say and don't take this personal when i see you managing director i'm gonna say like what so i just what what did what give you let's say the idea to let's say start gap and and why did you start gap and of course what's your team how big is your team and yeah just give me some more insight about gap and of course why is that is it is it is, is gap is that is that the full name or is it then as are the initials or please give us everything about well yeah <laughs> tell us everything <laughs> so um it, the full name is actually project gap with a k because back in the day when we created it we thought it was quirky 
um, and that abbreviates quite nicely to PKG. The idea was to be bridging that gap between the, the, start, the developing players and the pro scene, which is why we're called Project Gap, um, all about bridging that grassroots esports gap. Um, and so, personally, kind of, I, as I, as I say, I started that um, the organization following a little bit of work in the teams industry in the grassroots scene. So, you know, primarily Overwatch helping teams, helping players who really wanted to kind of develop, develop themselves and aim to go pro, but they, they didn't have the means to because they weren't supported by the tr traditional esports infrastructure. Um, so I worked a little bit in the team space and then I realized that what was really lacking was a tournament infrastructure in that space as well, because people would play on weekend tournaments, but you turn up, it would start two hours late. And, you know, you'd get three games, but the games, there'd be cheaters and there'd be hackers and it wouldn't be very well moderated. So th three years ago, um, three, it was like four years ago now, actually, um, a friend of mine said, I'm setting up this little thing. This is just a small Discord server. And I was like, okay, well, can I, you know, work with you to organize events under your name? And we ran it together for about three months. And then he decided that he wasn't interested. He wanted to pursue his career as a gamer, as a professional player. Um, so he moved on and he, he left it to me. So we organized a few events over the course of two years. And then we, I it came back recently, actually a year ago, almost a year ago to date, last March, I partnered with uh, a good friend of mine called Sam Fry, who has worked in esports production for six, seven years now. Um, and we partnered together. So we're both managing directors and to bring it back in a new, new wave of project gaps and new events, updated production. Uh, more regular seasons, things like that. So, I, I guess, and as you said, when you look at me, you don't think managing director. That's an, that's an interesting one. Um, but I am working very closely with someone else, so that is a split responsibility. Um, and you know, it's come through five years of love and hard work in the esports scene. Yes, and, and and how was that? For example, with twenty twenty. So when because well. Uh, quite quite a lot of esports organizations were struggling um well struggling i mean listen all physical all all let's say uh, all all events were cancelled we couldn't go to arenas we couldn't you know so what impact did it uh, got for gap um it, it i think i would actually say it had quite a positive impact which is a weird thing to say because we started back in march which was pretty much exactly when the pandemic hit europe so we were all like, oh, lockdown for a couple of months, we'll be out and gone in two months and it will have disappeared. So in our minds, it was kind of like, you know, we've just relaunched and we're organizing events every weekend and everyone's at home to play in our events. So this this is perfect. Um, but then as it dragged on, you could tell it had a bit of an effect because people working from home, obviously a little bit less motivated, less connection. You don't get to speak to people. You don't get to go into the office or anything. Um, and it also was annoying because we looked to run our invitation was in studio. Um, so we were going to do in-studio broadcasts, potentially even with, you know, um, some people watching. Um, and that that's all, obviously everything on that front was, was gone. So no in-studio broadcast. Everything has been remote since, you know, for a year now. We're obviously looking to the future to do some in-studio um, broadcasts because those are, A, extremely fun for the talent and for ourselves. But they're also a whole other quality of broadcast. I mean, when you watch a studio broadcast it and versus an online broadcast, it's incredibly different. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. It's like the same as that. I'm doing now my, let's say, recordings and production from home. And I know that, well, we, the same. We well, we got an auditorium and we got like a production studio where we normally have access to quite a lot of tools. And yeah, well, the thing is that at home is totally different. Uh, it, it's a, I, to, I totally understand. Feel you feel the, the, the pain a little bit. But I mean, 
like it's, it's a good thing that you got adjusted to that situation like because yeah when the whole f like physical meetings and you know all the the, the tournaments got cancelled well you guys will keep going so that's 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 really good that's uh and how how was it for example because now let's say i think we in the uk we got like roughly three different lockdowns and i think hopefully this is going to be the last one sorry yeah yeah so yeah yeah it's it's, it's, it's like mad but hopefully they've mentioned that we maybe can do something after june um i'm not sure but we just yeah we just see what's going to happen any any future plans in that is that is uh, any tournaments that you are maybe already have well let's say uh, gonna organize or yeah how, how's that gonna uh, well what, what are the future plans indirectly mm. yeah so um i think i believe end end of march so two and a half weeks from when we're recording this we're going to be launching into our next season our third official season um and these events there will be eight weeks of events across valorant rocket league and overwatch a couple of divisions in each game so quite a broad spectrum um and these will, will be virtual events remote events because this also allows players from all over europe and i mean na if they want to but ping is a bit of an issue but mostly players from all around europe to participate and kind of play together um and so we'll be launching into that in three weeks and then Hopefully we'll be able to run the invitations of those in studio. I've been looking at the UK rules very closely and I believe there might be a little addendum for in-studio productions resuming soon. So I have my fingers crossed um, <laughs> with COVID tests and all of that, obviously keeping keeping everything safe. Um, so if we could get that together for our invitations, that would be great. And then we also have, we're working on something that I am extremely extremely excited for which is a series of what we're going to call showcase events which are going to be larger events and they're less going to be aimed at giving players in the uh, in the grassroots scene opportunities but more production talent so they're going to be events like we just run one which is our charity broadcast which had some big names some tier two overwatch names and big content creators from valorant like average jonas and stuff oh wow um, so we're looking to run a lot more of these um with tier one teams but the idea will be to give our grassroots production staff a kind of an opening to open the door for them to work in the professional scene. So obviously we work with them very closely. We help them, we train them. Um, and these events will essentially be their turn to shine and to say, hey, look, we can also cast professional events and to get their names out there. Um, so we're, we're discussing working those and those will also hopefully, if things open up, be in studio productions. So I'm very much looking forward to those. Yeah, because the thing is that now with, uh, well, because everything is going to go online and we know that like, especially with, with video productions, it's sometimes a challenge because of, well, we already discussed that like before the interview about internet connection and all that. But it, it's a good thing that you already, you know, th thought forward, like what is going to happen. My question will be more also about, let's say 2020, we had a lot of lockdowns, more people joined esport world now there's a lot of people who are trying to do production they try to record themselves they, they use twitch they use youtube use facebook but the thing is that they sometimes still they indirectly still i'm not going to say fail but they still struggle with finding the right advice the right knowledge the right people around them to give them advice how to stream and how to do a better production so how because i assume that you deal also with with let's say not newcomers but let's say people are quite new within the esport world 
So what are, what, what's your perspective? What, what would you advise them? Um, like, you don't have to give golden nuggets. I mean, what will be best for them? How to start? Because you see that, like, and, and I'm talking really, I think two weeks ago, I spoke with somebody about buying the right hardware. So you can go on Amazon. You can buy a mic for £29. Or you can buy a mic over £1,000. But now it's the question, are you going to use that? So, and this is just a, a really small example of, of well, of, of you know, uh, about, about, about the topic streaming. But what is your, let's say, your advice? What would you do? What, should, what would you recommend? And, yeah, share it. <laughs> so... <laughs> My area of expertise personally is the production side. That's what, one of the things I'm very passionate about. So when it comes to, you know, casting, producing, observing, all of those things, the most important advice, in my opinion, is get to uh, get your name out there. And it sounds very cliche because everyone's going to say, get your name out there, get your name out there. But it, in the end, it is true. There is no gig that you are underqualified for. You know, applying to positions, there are a bunch of places where you can apply to different positions and just gathering up that experience. If you can, you know, like if you can present yourself to a uh, broadcast production saying, hey, I've run these 10 gigs before and I have all of these references and, you know, I've worked with all these different people before. It's so much better for a broadcast company like ourselves when we can look into your background and be like, hey, you know, even if you're not a tier one pro league caster, you have evolved, you have grown, you have shown an aptitude to develop in the casting scenario, for example, and we are more than happy to work with you to help you on that journey. So being able to, A, get your name up there through doing multiple productions, but also show that you are growing in my, in my mind is a very important thing. Um, because I also do productions freelance, I do um, some producing work. And being able to go, hey, this is the first broadcast package I put together when I started working in, in producing, you know, f three years ago. And people laugh at it and go, haha. And then I go, this is what I can do now. Um, it, it really does help, I believe. Yeah, because, and, and, and again, it's like with, well, let's say from, from, from the other side, like we are absolutely, if it comes to, to production, it's sometimes... Well, you need you need the right knowledge and you need the right people around you who can guide you. And and again, it's like everybody everybody likes to, yeah. They they get confused with the streaming part and then you know. And I've mentioned already like the hardware and, but it's a a good thing that you, that you discovered um, about about let's say the production. Let's say the video production that you normally do. People have a people think about. And I, I, I know this from experience because they think that our TV channel is running on YouTube because I don't know why. So can you, can you tell a little bit more what you do with social media? Is, 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 do, you, um, do, do you engage a lot of, abroad, of let's say, with, with, with the production, a lot of with social media? Or is it more what we call like, like normal airtime and, you know, getting with the, with the big boys like BBC and all that? So could, could you explain that a little bit more so that the viewers have a little bit of more insight about yeah the whole video production and all that on, on the production end we i mean and obviously we do a range of different events um and a, a range of different areas and they are our, our, our thought behind the broadcast will vary depending on what the broadcast actually is but we do like recognize that we are streaming to twitch we're not streaming on the bbc we're not streaming on live cable tv so there has to be a little bit of interactivity 
and viewers, I believe, from my experience, love to be able to kind of interact with what's going live. Um, so, you know, and again, it depends on the type of broadcast. On our recent charity stream, we took it full viewer interaction because obviously it was informal raising money for charity. So yep. we had viewers in chat, you know, picking maps. And um, if they donated to the charity, then we could have, for example, in Valorant, a Bucky-only round. Or, you know, they could tell the Overwatch teams what compositions to play. Um, and that's our more informal side. And then, you know, in our higher tier events, like our invitationals and our end of seasons, we do try to keep it a little bit more um, traditionally what you'd find on kind of mainstream television, although we don't claim to be at that standard, um, but similar to that. But we do, you know, have a little bit of interaction. So we have polls as to who do you think is going to win, a little bit of predictions, stuff like that. Um, some giveaways on Twitter sometimes. Um, all... all because we want to be able to experience, we want fans to be able to experience it together rather than just sitting behind their screens and watching because in my mind that's a little bit of something something past. You know, YouTube comments was the first thing to develop the interaction between viewers and fans and, you know, content creators. And with Twitch live comments, um, we can just take that further. So we do try to make it an, as an interactive experience where possible. Do you do you think that that let's say because we got a lot of uh, when we when we talk about TV we also talk about OTT over the top TV. I know there is there is a, a loads of of uh, OTTs available now, and you mentioned engagement uh, having with Twitch. Do you think that TV or let's say OTT will be an option for let's say esports as well? Do you think that's going to be the future? Is it something that's that will happen or? Um, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a great question. Personally, I hope it will happen because I think that that, that's, that will be a great step for esports. I think that you won't see a particular translation of esports fan onto OTT and like TV cable networks, even if esports does move to those. I think that that will be more of a case of mainstream, not mainstream, but like, for example, mainstream sports fans will potentially swap over to watching esports as well if esports is brought to OTT or TV. But I think the core of esports fans are too used to their interaction that they currently get in streams. Because even if you look at, you know, Valorant VCT, the, the chat in Valorant VCT, and, you know, they run predictions as well, polls in the chat, and it's their, its own little world that I think esports viewers really love. So the move to TV and OTT for esports is going to bring in a new demographic, but I don't think it's going to translate the existing demographic over to the TV broadcast. Right. Yeah, because I, I know that um, with, with well, when you go on Twitch and everybody on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, you see when somebody is trying, to, well, when, when people playing or let's say having even having an, an, a little of a talk, talk show or let's say they talk about what we called after 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 the game, after game talk. They, yeah, of course, you see loads of chats, you see loads of things, uh, engagement questions coming. And um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's something because let's say eSport world is still young so i know that in 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 the olden days where where esports were, was like LAN parties where people were physically come together having the routers connector and the network LAN routers wireless whatever and, and, and play you know in somebody else's home and then now we got like in a bigger bigger let's scale going to arenas having you know and, and, and even if you talk about about streaming and all that there's more and more and more interaction and then of course now pandemic more people going online twitch got overloaded youtube all these other the only the only one who didn't survive was microsoft so far but i mean 
for 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 the for the rest yeah i think ott i think there's there's a lot of of people who are uh, watching and i'm not talking and it doesn't really matter what kind of generation who are maybe hungry for having the content on uh, on tv so that it will be great if of course well i hope it's gonna happen but uh, yeah that's no, me. I'm sure it will happen. I, I, I'm just hoping. I'm hoping it's going to happen because I think it's going to bring a lot more people into esports. I think that it will be great when you can have, you know, you can have the Twitch side, the YouTube gaming side, that kind of side, and the OTT or TV side. It will be one big community, and it will just be the viewers' preference. So they want that interaction that they not. I, I am really hoping it will happen, and I'm. I think that having that large community, even if it's broken up into Twitch and OTT, will still be a very good thing for the esports scene. Absolutely, I totally, totally agree with that. Before we're going to end the show, I just want to ask you, what is, let's say, it doesn't have to even mean with esports, but I'm just going to give you an example. I know that sometimes people like to talk about diversity. You don't have to, but I know people sometimes do. But what is something you would like to share, the listeners and the viewers, about, well, let's say it's on your heart and you want, you want, yeah, you just want to share it. What is that? Something that I want to share. That's a great question. Um, I mean, you know, uh, c can I plug the social the social medias well, in this segment? Listen, you free you free to go as long as you're not going to talk about Trump and Biden. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it is very dear to my heart, and it's also obviously you know it'd be great if you wanted to go follow Gap Project G A P Project with a K on Twitter, Project Gap on Twitch. Um, but no, on a real note, what I did um, want to share is I think that the growth in esports and for everyone watching, I'm assuming that you're, you know, you're interested in esports, the growth in esports is in the grassroots scene as far as I'm concerned. I think that supporting the bottom level, not the bottom level players, but the supporting the base is what will lead to future growth in esports and where you can get involved because I know hundreds of communities and hundreds of teams and organizations struggling to make this happen um, and people not realizing that it is even an, an area in esports people focusing on tier one tier two and you know nobody focuses on the grassroots scene so if you have a free minute go check out a grassroots scene broadcast go check out some grassroots scene organizations and if you have some free time see where you can help out and help develop that scene because that's something that's very important to me Fan, fantastic well pierre i just want to say thank you so much for being on the learn of sorry on the lags esports series and um well we we will definitely follow you thank you very much thank you it's been great thanks for listening to our esport podcast series for video recordings of all our podcasts check out learn global tv and learn global live available on the roku platform